0: A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Stay tuned for readings from social media and other spoken word projects. Join me right now. I'm your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. We'll have your words from social media and much more right after this word from Audible.com. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly, latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, regret lives on and lingers, long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zanian. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zanian, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed. Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. And we are back. Thanks, everyone. If you are a first-time visitor to Tom, read your story. Thanks for coming. You know, um, if you're a returning listener, hey, keep up the good work. (laughs) We're glad to have you. This week, oh my goodness, I you know it just seems like summer because of obviously. The summer movie season has started with a great, great offering from Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, In the Heights, which I have not seen yet, but have heard so much about it. Uh, He is definitely the golden boy of entertainment in in this country. It's amazing. Uh, You know, we, not many people know that uh, In the Heights was what he wrote first uh, as a theater piece on Broadway. And, uh, Of course, his name became a household name with Hamilton. And uh, it's good that In the Heights is round. It's not something terribly familiar. It's very New York. There may be people out in the Midwest who go, I can't connect with that. But it's a great movie. It's about ethnicity and celebration of who you are. And I think that's what America needs more of. Uh, Donald Trump would probably never say the same thing. He would say, why don't you go back to where you came from? But this, of course, celebrates the fact that he's not around anymore. And I hope that, uh, that many people will see this. And I think they will. I think many have already. And uh, I hope to see it very, very soon. I didn't get around to doing A review of it so I found this great article in the LA Times by Christy Karas or Karas I'm not sure how she pronounces it but it's made up of blurbs from other publications and it's really a nicely written piece even though I mean it's it's blurbs from other writers uh some of them actually choke me up a little and i think you'll like it very much that's the second one the first offering today is from buck and that is called summer gigs he's talking about himself as a young man with summer jobs at various uh in various years and uh, i love love the way he writes and it's uh, about the different things that he's done lastly Uh, You're going to hear one called to bury a dog. And that is, of course, about burying your dog after he passes on. Um, And that to me, and I think to you, too, would would, uh, seem like a summer thing. You don't think about burying a dog when there's five feet of snow on the ground. Uh, So. (laughs) <laughs> it does seem like kind of a summer thing. It's uh, one of those, well, the, the dog is passed on and we want to bury him in the backyard somewhere. Uh, so yeah, it, it is um, a day of summer offerings. Now I know it's not June 20th yet. That's the official start of summer. But as far as I'm concerned, it started already. And I think many people, my loved ones in Michigan will agree. Uh, it's been really hot. (laughs) It's, I think it's 78 already right now, but, uh, uh, it's been nice and sometimes really hot. And it was a sweat rag day yesterday. I had some running around to do and, uh, it got really drippy out, you know, sorry to be, uh, (laughs) too specific, but it's, uh, it was definitely a hot one, and I think it's going to be again today. Let's start things out with Summer Gigs. My Summer Gigs by Buck. Having your life pass before your eyes is supposed to be associated with imminent disaster, like falling off the refrigerator or getting trapped in a suitcase. Nothing catastrophic seems inevitable, but the memories are slapping me around pretty good these days. I woke up this morning thinking about some of the ways I earned money as a kid. I was a stock boy at the Acme store in our D.C. neighborhood. I ushered at a movie house when ushering was a thing. Red jacket, gold buttons, bellboy hat, flashlight, and all. I had summer gigs at the Treasury Department and Pentagon. My cousin and I moved government girls from apartment to apartment, and I was a nude model for a short time. I'm going to catch it from the women in the house for revealing that I posed for a painting behind the easel and he paid me a dollar an hour. That would not have gone well with anyone these days because he was my mechanical drawing teacher. I never saw the completed painting. I left D.C. in '48. And he died in 66. But somewhere in the Washington, D.C. area, on somebody's wall, is me. In the buff, as depicted by Seward Hume Rathburn. Whistler's Kid. In the Heights has definitely arrived. By Christie. These In the Heights reviews will make you want to return to theaters. By Christy Karras, June 11, 2021, The L.A. Times. Lights up on Washington Heights. Opening weekend for the big screen adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda's debut Broadway musical In the Heights is finally upon us after the COVID-19 pandemic delayed its theatrical release for nearly a year. According to critics, the spirited, cheerful, life-affirming, and socially undistanced cinematic marvel is the perfect reason to return to theaters, which went dark across the country for several months because of the public health crisis. To call this movie assertive would be an understatement. To describe it as small would be a lie, writes Justin Chang for the LA Times. At nearly two and a half hours, and with a terrific ensemble of actors singing, rapping, dancing, and practically bursting out of the frame, In the Heights is a brash and invigorating entertainment. A movie of tender, delicate moments that nonetheless revels unabashedly in its own size and scale. Directed by John M. Chu, In the Heights centers on charismatic bodega owner Usnavi de la Vega, Anthony Ramos, living in New York City's predominantly Dominican neighborhood of Washington Heights. While operating his bustling local business, Uznavi, originated on Broadway by Miranda, uplifts his vibrant community, finds love and dreams of escaping to his native Dominican Republic. As a collection of interwoven stories set to the pulsing rhythms of everyday barrio life, this, in the heights, can feel as dramatically thin and overstretched as its source material admittedly was, Chang continues in his review. But as a musical valentine to a close-knit Latino community, an inspired swirl of hip-hop, Latin pop, salsa, and other musical idioms, its pleasures are often glorious even transporting. It summons, and for the most part sustains, the kind of visual and musical energy that might help give the movies the resurgent jab-in-the-arm summer they've been waiting for. Written for the screen by Chiara Algeria-Houdis, who also penned the book for the stage production, the movie musical features a cast including Leslie Grace, Corey Hawkins, Melissa Barrera, and Olga Meredith. See what others have been saying about the soon-to-be summer blockbuster below. The Atlantic. In the Heights presents a distinct and diverse version of Latino culture in the United States, writes Carlos Aguilar. Washington Heights is a tapestry of its residents' homelands, a bit Vega Alta, a bit Santo Domingo, and a melange of other locations. Miranda and Hudes have captured a beautifully fragmented community, that clings to what its members have in common, while cognizant that they are not a monolith. A.V. Club, in the Heights slice-of-life portraiture, suggests a less ambitious undertaking than Hamilton, but it tells a story as expansive as that of a fledgling nation," writes Danette Chavez. Through both musicals, Miranda demonstrates how ingrained people of color are in this country's history. Before he reimagined a pivotal chapter in United States history with Black and Latinx actors, the acclaimed multi-hyphenate threw a spotlight on marginalized people's fight against displacement. At the core of In the Heights, on stage or screen, is movement. As migration, as immigration, as dancing, as code-switching, as the shift from friends to lovers. After nearly 13 years, it's time for audiences to join the paranda. But why, though? There is a lot I want to say about In the Heights. I can talk about how it's the most stunning example of Latinx joy I have ever seen on screen. I can talk about how it takes the very real struggle and elegantly presents it to an audience that may not know what it's like, writes Kate Sanchez. I can talk about how I was Nina in a place where everyone thought I didn't belong and how that fueled my imposter syndrome. I could talk about how the film's most touching number isn't one that comes from sadness, but instead one calling for Latinx folks to raise our flags, to own our identities, and feel joy and strength with it. I can write about all of those things, and somehow I would still not be able to capture the power and the beauty of In the Heights. Cinemovie TV All the actors perform beautifully in their musical numbers. Miranda and Chu bring out the best in all the actors, even those not trained as singers. Actors like Hawkins and Barrera, who are not known for their vocal abilities, shine here with beautiful renditions of their singing voice, writes Lupe Arjas. Anthony Ramos, of course, is the heart of the movie. The actor is very charismatic and relatable. He holds the movie together even when the story ventures off to other characters' subplots. He tells a story in a riveting fashion that keeps your attention for over two hours. CNN The simplicity of the tale belies the intoxicating nature of the music. From lovely ballads to a show-stopping Busby Berkeley-style rendition of 96,000 at the local pool and a beautifully choreographed homage to Fred Astaire, writes Brian Lowry. Throughout, the movie bursts with energy and color, with shrewd casting choices from top to bottom, perhaps especially with Grace, a singer making her movie debut, and Barrera, who co-starred in the Star series, Vida. Entertainment Weekly, for all its rich tapestry and radiant ingenues, it's that casual centering of so many marginalized voices that makes the movie feel, in its own way, revolutionary. A technicolor marvel as heady as old Hollywood and as modern as this moment, writes Leah Greenblatt. The Hollywood Reporter. The movie glows with an abundance of love for its characters, their milieu and the pride with which they define their cultural footprint against the encroaching forces of New York development that continually shove the marginalized further into the margins, writes David Rooney. The resilience with which the characters claim their place in the fabric of city life is exhilarating. IndieWire, even on its static Broadway set, shaken to life every night and twice on Sunday like a snow globe in a heat wave, In the Heights was animated by its fevered insistence that home is something people take with them wherever they go, writes David Ehrlich. By cracking that snow globe open and watching it spill onto the actual streets of Washington Heights, Chu has created a film that makes you feel like its characters are dreaming with their eyes open. Here is a musical so magical and assured that even its missteps seem like good ideas. Latino Entertainment Journalists Association. Chu's direction of In the Heights may have been scoffed at when announced, but after seeing the film, it is hard to imagine any other director doing it justice, writes Tony Gonzalez. Chu is able to capture the culture and, with a justified reverence, make it sparkle and shine. Not an easy task to do, no doubt, but Chu does it brilliantly in his choice of choreographed dance scenes, shot selections, and, as the film says, with patience and faith. New York Times. Like Usnavi, the movie, bristling with ideas, verbal wit, and musical invention, wears its heart on its sleeve, writes A.O. Scott. It also reflects his virtues, generosity, decency, hard work, pride. Ramos's charisma is perfectly suited to the role. His modesty is as winning and genuine as his bravado, and he's a strong theatrical singer as well as a subtle film actor. It would be unfair to the rest of the wonderful cast and false to the inclusive familial spirit that makes In the Heights so winning, to say he dominates the screen. He's the one who keeps the party going and the reason it's happening at all. USA Today True, In the Heights is a traditional movie musical, right down to its lavish, Busby Berkeley-style production orders. That doesn't diminish its significance, writes Raul Reyes. For Latino audiences, it's a chance to take pride in our culture. And for everyone else, it's a reminder that Latinos live, work, and pursue their dreams, just like other Americans. With its Spanglish salsa dancing and infectious beats, In the Heights presents the Latino experience with authenticity and affection. It is a celebration of Latino heritage that America needs right now. Variety. Seeing Dominicans and Puerto Ricans take to the streets may not be as novel now as it was when In the Heights hit Broadway. But it's no less invigorating on the big screen, writes Peter DeBruge. Miranda's terrific songs speak for themselves, leaving Chu to orchestrate the Carnival del Barrio that does justice to everyday people of color. Holler. Vulture. The movie was shot on location in Washington Heights, lending it an immediacy that makes for a vibrant, occasionally dissonant combination with the outsized aesthetic of a studio musical, writes Bilge Ibiri. Chu simultaneously blends the casual, the lived-in, and intimate with the traditional musical's broad gestures and precise rhythms and dream logic, as the actors flip easily between the naturalistic and the theatrical. Washington Post melding rap, salsa, merengue, and Latin pop, and name-checking the specific countries and cultures too often flattened out with the overgeneralizing term Latino. The big-screen version of In the Heights preserves what might be Miranda's most revolutionary accomplishment, reframing American musical theater within an entirely familiar, yet specific, authentic, and invigorating vernacular, writes Anne Hornaday. We Live Entertainment. From start to finish, In the Heights is a musical odyssey, writes Adriana Gomez-Weston. The film opens with the upbeat title song, In the Heights, then hits an early emotional note with Breathe. Some other showstoppers are 96,000 and Carnaval del Barrio. Overall, In the Heights doesn't have a song or moment that isn't enjoyable. Once again, combined with the writing talents of Chiara Alegria Hudes, Lin-Manuel Miranda exhibits his amazing ability to intertwine words and sound to create something beautiful. The rap With In the Heights, Chu delivers the Latino equivalent of his previous box office smash, Crazy Rich Asians, and knocks it out of the park, writes Monica Castillo. Like Crazy Rich Asians, not everyone is going to feel represented when they watch In the Heights. That's an impossible task for any movie. Yet, In the Heights can represent many things for many different viewers. It can be a story about ambitious, hardworking people chasing their dreams. It can be a reflection on the immigrant experience and the struggle to find where you belong. It can also be a tribute to our parents' sacrifices. Christy Carras is an entertainment reporter at the Los Angeles Times. She was previously a Times intern after graduating from UCLA and has also worked at Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, and CNN. Sherry but there is one best place to bury a dog if you bury him in this spot he will come to you when you call come to you over the grim dim frontiers of death and down the well remembered path and to your side again and though you call a dozen living dogs to heal they shall not growl at him nor resent his coming, for he belongs there. People may scoff at you who see no lightest blade of grass bend by his footfall, who hear no whimper, people who may never really have had a dog. Smile at them, for you shall know something that is hidden from them, and that is well worth the knowing the one best place to bury a good dog is in the heart of his master. I hope you like that. Three, I think, and I think you would think too, that these are summer related. We have an official summer date of June 20th. As the first day of summer, as far as I've concerned, as far as I'm concerned, we um we've started already. <laughs> yeah, I got the old sweat rag out yesterday, so I won't go into that. But anyway. Summer's here. Go see in the heights. I know I probably will very, very soon. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of of Tom Reads Your Story. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends because we're always looking for new ones. Be sure to email me at tomreadsyourstory at yahoo.com if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks, Anchor.fm, for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe, everyone. Bye now. For more information, on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project. Visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.